0: Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles turned to Isaiah chapter six with me, Isaiah chapter six. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord. Hallelujah. As you're turning to Isaiah 6, let me say, we have, if you read in the bulletin that there was a welcoming of new members, there certainly is that. We do welcome all new members, uh, but we did, and we let most of them know or tried to let all of them know that we uh, postponed the public acknowledgement of that for two more Sundays, so we will do that publicly. Um, we did that at the last minute because several could not be here due to either sickness or travel, and we wanted to try to make it as inclusive as possible for as many as possible. So. Um, We wanted to make sure you understood that as well. If you're reading that, we didn't want there to be confusion. Isaiah chapter 6, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord, and he was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man, and I have filthy lips. And I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal. He had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it and he said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Billy Graham is quoted as saying, I, as I read the Bible or as I read the Bible, I seem to find holiness to be God's supreme attribute holiness is God's supreme attribute. Jeanette Dehan said, if we lower our sense of holiness, our sense of sin is lowered. I want to say that again. if we lower our sense of holiness, our sense of sin, is lowered. Personally, I believe it is impossible to be in the holy presence of God and not be aware, keenly aware of our own sin and our shortcomings. Can I anyone agree with me this morning? It is impossible to be in the presence of the most high and holy God, creator of the universe and not be keenly aware of the shortcomings of our own life, the sin which we are all born into and even often find ourselves falling into in our lives. And in that moment of his presence, in that moment of being aware, we are also humbled to the point, hear me this morning, we're humbled to the point of either submission and surrender or of rejection to the very God who is drawing us and making us aware of it. You cannot be in the presence of God and not make a decision to surrender to him or to reject him. You cannot be in the presence of a holy God, the God, the one and only God, and choose to just ignore him. Come on now. Is anybody with me? I need you to hear this because I feel so strongly in my spirit. No, let me say this differently. I know, I sense, I, I feel the presence of God in this room this morning. I feel a, almost a tangible presence of the Spirit of God as I'm worshiping Him, as I walked, as I prayed in my office this morning, as I walked into this room. As I said earlier, with every resistance that would come, it came. I even, listen, I, I have never, ever, I, I don't think maybe one other time early, early in my life have I ever had a toothache. I had a toothache this morning. I, I just don't have toothaches. I'm serious. And I had a toothache all morning long. I went to Sister Donna right before church. I said, Donna, you've got to pray for me. I have a toothache. I don't even know if I can preach. There has been resistance after resistance because I want you to understand something. There is a holy presence of God on his church in this hour, and he wants us to respond to him in a holy way this morning. He needs you to respond to him today. Either yes, Lord. or whatever your choice is. God is beckoning us to himself. He's beckoning you into his presence where we will either be made holy and whole or we will walk away Let me give a little bit of background. King Uzziah, from our text, was king of Judah, and he had a long and very distinguished reign. You can read about that in Second Chronicles chapter 26. Uzziah began his reign when he was only 16 years old, and he reigned for 52 years. Overall, King Uzziah was a very good king, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah had an understanding in the things of God, and as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God prospered him. But Uzziah's life ended very tragically. He transgressed against the Lord by entering the temple to burn incense on the altar of incense, and in response, God struck Uzziah with leprosy. And he was isolated as a leper until his death. So you can understand here that Isaiah, to say, I want you to catch this, to say, in the year that King Uzziah died is to say a lot. Here's this king who had reigned for 52 years and had reigned very powerfully, very successfully for most of that time. And in this very moment, he says, in the year King Uzziah died, and he's saying a lot. He is saying, in the year a great and wise king died. But he is also saying, in the year a great and wise king who had a tragic death. There's something to read here. Isaiah had a reason to be somewhat discouraged. He had a reason to be a little bit disillusioned at the death of King Uzziah. He was saying something like, what now? Where do we go from here? What's the next move? How do we get from this place of of health and vigor and blessing and provision and now after his after his tragic death after after his mistake and and now it seems like what what's next how do we go anywhere from here he's saying something like where's the lord in all of this where's the lord in all of this i I wonder if there's anyone in this room this morning that you're facing some circumstance in your life, some challenge. Maybe it's physical in your health. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's financial. Possibly it's just looking back on the last year or year and a few months now. Maybe it's whatever it is. It could be just any number of things that's going on. And you're asking yourself, even you drug yourself here this morning through the rain, and you're saying, where is the Lord in all of this? Where's the Lord? It seems tragic to you. It's not that you don't believe in God. It's not that you don't uh, uh, think that He can do something. It's not that you haven't seen Him do something. But you're asking, Where are you, God, in all of this? Where are you in my circumstance? Where are you in my questions? Where are you in my marriage? Where are you in my finances? Where are you on my job? Where are you with my children? Where are you? Where's the Lord? This is what I believe, and this is what I believe God is saying this morning. The best time for worship is in the middle of your crisis. The best time for worship is in the middle of your disappointment. The best time to seek God, the best time to seek his face, the best time to call upon him, the best time is in the year when Uzziah king died. The best time to go before him is when you're saying, where are you, Lord, and what am I supposed to do right now? Here, in this moment, Isaiah learns a valuable and important lesson it impacts his wholeness and his holiness as he worships the Lord. Now, in the same way that we inherit certain traits, character characteristics, I should say, from our parents, our biological parents, I want you to hear this. When we worship our Heavenly Father, when we worship God, this with me. The image of God is reflected in our lives. When we worship Him, just like the characteristics of our biological parents and family are passed on to us, when we began to really plug in to worship, To our Father in heaven, there is something that is transferred onto us. We begin to resemble, look like, act like, talk like, live like, walk like. Anybody with me this morning? Live out the very acts of God, his word and his will, just like he would. I don't know about you. Well, I think I know about a lot of you because I think a lot of you are like me. I long to be in the presence of Jesus. I am not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with status quo. I am sometimes, I am sometimes intimidated by the thought of being in the very presence of God. Anybody else? Seriously, I don't take it lightly. I long for it, but I don't take it lightly. I think that is even one reason why I have so much personal sort of resistance and just thought of this morning as I was preparing this message and, and like that. I'm just thinking, God, I really want you to show up, but I understand, like, like, like Isaiah here, I understand what could happen in a moment where the presence of God shows up the way that I believe God wants to show up in our hearts this morning. We cannot take this moment lightly. Hear me. Hear the word of the Lord. The fact that God is holy. Do you believe God is holy? The fact that God is holy, and I want you to catch this, relates totally to our healing and our restoration, not to our shame and our condemnation. I'm going to say that again. The fact that God is holy relates completely and totally to our healing and restoration, not to our shame and condemnation. Scripture teaches us that there is therefore now no condemnation. Not There is not a lot of condemnation, but no, everybody say no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, but yet, Isaiah, the prophet here, Writes, Woe is me. Why? Because when we are in the presence of God, we recognize our humanity, our sinfulness, our shortcomings. But it, listen, listen, it's a good thing. For I am nobody. <laughs> But Almighty God in me, hallelujah! Greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. I need Jesus. How about you? I need Jesus. There's no condemnation, but in Him there is healing, and in Him there is restoration. How many in this room need some healing this, this day? Come on, how many in this room need restoration in your life in some area? Come on, God is holy. Now, this is the promise of God. You don't have to turn there, but just it might be on the screen, 1 Peter 1:16. You must be holy because I am holy. God's promise to us is holiness. He wouldn't require something of us that is unattainable. I need you to catch that. This is, I'm laying some groundwork for what God is getting ready to release in you today. God would not ask you to be holy if you could not be holy. God would not require holiness of us if we could not come to a place where we were able to live a holy life. What is holiness? Holiness is separation. Holiness is separation as unto God. Holiness is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I'm still Greg. The title pastor or reverend is almost useless. It makes me no different than anyone else in this room. I don't take that lightly, that title, don't misunderstand me, I, 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 I take that title, I receive it with a lot of, uh, I, I, I wear it, or I, I have it with a lot of uh, tremble and, and respect. I don't want, I never take it lightly. I want you to understand that. I don't mean that. But it is useless in the sense that somehow that makes me holier. than anyone else in this room. Or, let me go a step further, than a 14-year-old kid walking down the sidewalk right now, outside this building. I'm no more holy than them just because REV is right before my name. That doesn't make me holy. You being a Christ follower or Calling yourself a Christ follower doesn't make you holy. What makes us holy is when we are set apart as unto the Lord. And the way you get set apart is worship. The way you get set apart is being a person who seeks the face of God. The way you get set apart, like Isaiah here, is being someone who comes and seeks God no matter what you've been through, no matter where you've been this week, no matter what conversation you had, no matter what challenges you face, no matter what you've been going through, no matter if King Uzziah just died, no matter if it seems like all the world is coming to an end. When you come before God and you say, look, look, I don't know what's going on, I don't know where you are in all of this, but I come before you, I humble myself, I die to my flesh, and God, it's you that I need it's you that I'm hungry for it's you that I long for I'm telling you friend he'll show up in your life he'll come to where you are and he'll meet you at a place like you've never known you needed to meet him before I believe God wants to impact us this morning worship firstly reveals our unrighteousness verse 5 of our text says it's all over I'm doomed, I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man, I have filthy lips, I live among people with filthy lips, yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Isaiah's vision of God's throne gave him this horrible sense of his own unworthiness, and it does the same for us this morning. The Lord's presence makes us aware of our sin. We feel undone. We feel unclean. But the Lord meets us at this place. This is where the Lord wants us. The Lord wants us at this place where we recognize our uselessness on our own. Come on now. He wants us at this place where we realize that I can do nothing without you, God. I am nothing without you, God, and I have no hope of salvation, no hope of redemption, no hope of restoration unless I seek you, unless I find you, unless you fill my life. Come on now. The Lord's presence makes us aware of sin. We need the Lord's presence. See, if I get so busy in my life, Pastor Rich, that I'm just running here and there and I'm just doing my own thing and I keep busy, busy, busy. I love Jesus, yes, I'm serving the Lord, but I never have to stop and pray. I never have to read the Bible. I never have to take time to, I, I show up at church when it's convenient. I just do what I can do. I'm so busy, I don't have to encounter his presence. Then I don't have to deal with the sin in my life. Come on. Anybody still with me? Just wave or something. I just want to know you're still awake. Amen. Come on. We need the presence of Jesus. The Lord meets us at this place of unrighteousness because it's here that he purifies us. God sends his angel to Isaiah. He takes this hot coal from the fire, from the altar, and I want you to see what he does here. He touches Isaiah at the perceived point of his problem. He touches Isaiah at the perceived place that he would need to be used. Isaiah's a prophet. Isaiah's place of use is his mouth, is where he's going to speak for the Lord. And so he says... I am a man of unclean lips. I am among a people of unclean lips. And the angel of God takes a coal, a fiery coal from the altar where worship takes place. And he comes and he touches the prophet right there on the lips. And he burns him. He purifies his lips. I believe if Isaiah had said, I am a man of unclean hands, the angel would have come and touched him on his hands. If he had said, I am a man of unclean feet, he would have touched. God will touch you at whatever place you need to be touched today to be used by him today. He wants to meet you today in a way to purify you for his use and for his glory and for your good. Oh that you would come into a place that we would come into a place of his presence to worship him. To be met by to be made holy, and to be made whole. Help us, Jesus. I want you to know there's fire in worship. There's fire in worship. This is the fire I'm talking about in this place, this this place here that we're reading about, but in this place here that we're in right now, this is what happens, the fire, the the coal, the, the heat it refines us, it burns out the dross, it cleans out the impurities, it consumes us, it takes away the bondages, the things that have held you back for too long, those things that have bound you up and held you back and hindered you from your your use to the kingdom, those things that have have held your mind at at bay and have held your your actions at bay and those things that have bound you and, and held you for too long now, some of you were used before, but but you've allowed things to come in and consume you. And, and now the fire of the altar wants to consume those things that bind. It also melts us, it softens our hearts. Oh, that God would soften the hearts of his people again. He would soften our hearts to himself, that he would soften our hearts to one another that he would soften our hearts to the world around us, that he would soften our hearts till the whole world knows him. And he doesn't just melt us. He ignites something in us. This fire, it sets us ablaze. This fire begins to burn. Have you ever had a campfire and it's just down to just coals and ashes. You can maybe see maybe a little glow of something under there. And you take a dry piece of wood and you just kind of throw it on there and sitting around the fire and you're just talking, just talking. Maybe 10 minutes goes by or whatever. And out of nowhere, poof, a flame comes up. You ever seen that? telling you, God is trying to ignite something in your heart today. He wants to do it individually. He wants to do it corporately. He's trying to ignite something in his body today here at Calvary and around the globe. He's trying to ignite something in this hour. The enemy has tried to stop the church. The enemy has tried to shut the church down. The enemy has tried to silence Christians. The enemy of our soul has tried to keep us at bay. He's tried to shut us down. He's tried to make us look at our sin, our weaknesses, our failures. He's tried to make us look at everything except to the holiness of God Almighty and what God. God is saying to us today is come into my presence, come into my holy of holies, come into the place where I am and let me cleanse you, let me clean you up, don't worry, there's no condemnation for those who are in me, don't worry about where you've been, let me touch the cold of your lips, let me touch the cold of your hands, let me touch the cold of your body, to your life, to your mind, to your heart, to your home, to your finances, to every part of you and let me purify you, I'm ready to use you, I'm ready to ignite you, I'm ready To set my church on fire, (sighs) worship activates holiness. Help us, Jesus. Do something this morning, God, beyond us. Do something beyond us, God. He is the same. His holiness, his holiness will transform your life this morning. Verse 6 says, then the one, the seraphim, flew to me with a burning coal taken from the altar. He touched my lips and he said, See, this coal, this coal has touched your lips. Now, your guilt is removed. Your sin is forgiven. The God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's his word right now to us. The same yesterday, today, and forever the same yesterday today and forever your guilt is gone holiness is activated in our worship we won't take time to read it but if you back up a couple of verses there at the beginning you can see where the angels are crying they're flying and they're singing and they're saying holy 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 is the lord of heaven's armies every time We hear or we read of the praises going on around the throne of God, we always hear the words holy, holy, holy. Would you say that with me? Holy, holy, holy. Just say it again. Holy, holy, holy. Say it to him. Come on, not to me. Say it to him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The focus is God's holiness. The focus must always be God's holiness. The focus of our worship must always be the holiness of God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, he would always want to interrupt us and declare his very word that he is the same, that he never changes. He would always want to stop us in our tracks and remind us that I am the God who never changes, that I am the same, and I declare my holiness over you, my holiness over your life, my holiness over your marriage, my holiness over every facet of who you are. Pastor James... Boyce, on speaking of the attributes of God, took a poll or an inquiry and asked about the qualities in order of importance. And the people he inquired of, they said, well, love, of course, was the first. And then followed wisdom and power and mercy and omniscience and truth. At the end of the list, after everything else, was the word holiness. That did surprise me, James Boyce said. He later wrote, because the Bible refers to God's holiness more than any other attribute. More than any other attribute. It doesn't gener- generally refer to God as loving, 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 or wise, 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 or omniscient, omniscient, omniscient. But over and over we read, holy, holy, holy. Oh, God declares of himself today. I am the same today in your life as I was in the prophet Isaiah's time. I am the same in your church, Calvary Assembly of God, as I have been in my temple and in my church throughout history. I am holy. I am holy. I am holy. And if you will declare my holiness, if you will declare my worship and my praise, I will come and I will make myself real among you. I will come and I will reveal myself to you. I will come and I will. Will purify your life and I will use you for my glory. I will come and I will set you apart and I will ignite you with a flame in your heart, a flame in your spirit for this last hour of time that you are living in and you will arise and you will do things thus saith the Lord. You will do things for my glory. You will do things for my kingdom that you know not of. Things that you never dreamed of says God. I will use you as a voice crying out in a wilderness. I will use you to go places to say things to accomplish great feats for my kingdom says God to people that you thought you would never speak to to do it not to be seen not to be heard but that I might receive all the glory for I am a holy God and I choose to use my people that are set apart for my glory says the Lord worship Activates holiness. Now hear me. Will you give me 15 more minutes? Hear me. We tend to think of holiness. Call me, Jesus. We tend to think of holiness as the purity that we're trying to achieve. Now God put this so clearly in my spirit to say this morning we tend to think of holiness as something that we have to work up. God can't use us, Calvary. God cannot release revival in a church or in an individual. God cannot use us when you think you're holy. When you think you've done something good enough, great enough, worthy enough to be his son or daughter, We tend to think of holiness as an act, an outward act of how we live. I'm holy. No, I'm not. I don't, I'm being facetious. I'm holy because I got to church three hours early and late on the floor and prayed for three hours before church started. I didn't, by the way, do that. But somebody might think they're holy if they did. Are you with me? I'm holy because I look a certain way. I'm holy because I talk King James English better than anybody. I'm holy because the only thing I watch on TV is TBN. I want y'all to know something. God rejects that kind of holiness. And we recognize that. Would we truly, I feel so broken every time I say it. Would we truly come into his presence? You can't come into the presence of God and even think for a second that you're holy. Holy enough. Good enough. Worthy enough. You can't do it. That's why Isaiah says here, I'm doomed. Whoa, it's me. It's all over. He thinks he's about to die. The enemy of our soul and try to keep some of us I'm worshiping him because he keeps reminding you of your past, he keeps reminding you of your weaknesses, he keeps reminding you of the things that you keep tripping over, and every time you show up at church. You feel unclean like Isaiah here. You feel this, this weight, this heaviness, and you say, woe is me, and I shouldn't be here, and I'm not worthy, and I can't do this and I want you to know the spirit of the living God brought me here today and he brought you here today to say to you you can never earn this thing, you can't deserve this thing, he's not looking for someone who's good enough, he just wants someone who will come to the altar he just wants someone who will come before his presence, who will die to their flesh, who will die to their self, who will bow their heart and who will say woe is me, I need you God, I'm hungry for are you, God, come and cleanse me. Come and use me. Come and fill me. He's just looking for someone who will say, Here I am, God. Maybe that's you. Maybe you showed up today. Maybe you're watching online today. And you're so keenly aware of your personal weaknesses, you're so aware of your failures, your sins, and your natural inclination is to avoid worship altogether. Your natural inclination is to run the other direction. I'm telling you something, friend. This moment is for you. This moment's for every one of us today who just wants to be in his presence. He's just ready to, you're just tired. I'm, I'm, Pastor Greg's tired this morning. I can't, I we can't work this thing up. You can't, you can't earn revival. We can't do anything. All we can do is seek the face of God. How many want a sovereign move of God? I I don't even really, the word revival seems so used. Yeah, thank you. It's a powerful word, don't misunderstand me. But I don't just want, I don't want just a week of good services. I want a sovereign move of the Spirit of God, not just at Calvary, but on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth. I want us to not be able to just pray at an altar and go home and and go to bed and wake up and eat cornflakes at midnight. I don't know where that came from. I'm craving (laughs) carbs. Get rid of the cornflakes, honey. I'm gonna go on a binge tonight. (laughs) I'm not wanting that. I want a move of God. I want a move of God that wakes me up at midnight to pray again, Sister Donna. I want a move of God that wakes me up at three in the morning to seek his face and hear a word, a fresh frame, a word from God again. I want a move of God that wakes me up at, at six o'clock in the morning again and reminds me that, no, I'm not worthy, but he loves me anyway. That reminds me that he just wants to download something else into my spirit. That he wants to draw me even closer to him. That he wants to reveal a fresh word, a fresh fire. He wants to ignite something new in me. I want to move of God that sparks a new vision, a new vision of his holiness, a new way to go after him, a fresh way to reach one lost soul for him, one more person, one more youth, one more senior adult, one more wayward backslidden son or daughter of God. Come on now, that's what I want. I want a move of God that doesn't make me feel good. Just a minute or two, I want to move with God. And I don't mean to just be reminiscing about the good old days. But I remember taking my youth when I was a youth pastor at Brownsville Revival and bringing them back to Tampa to a Sunday morning service. Not just for a week, but for multiple weeks. It was right after Bev and I got married, and she was talking about it the other day. And she's like, "Man, when we got married, we stayed in church till like three in the afternoon. It's because we had just been a part of this revival, and and we got back, and church just didn't end at eleven forty-five. It just didn't. Nobody was watching the clock. We didn't care if the pot roast burned." We just came to the house of the Lord and worshiped at his throne. And the young and the old alike would make their way to an altar. Would cry out, Holy, 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 Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Oh, Calvary. I'm not trying to contrive anything. I'm not trying to work something up. I'm not trying to influence you to do anything. But I'm asking God for a sovereign move of his spirit on the earth today. I'm asking him to start with me. And I would ask you to ask him to start with you. Because in his holiness, there is wholeness. Did you know that the root word, axios, the Greek word axios, has its meaning whole and holy. Whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole and H-O-L-Y, holy. That root word is the same or very similar because in his holiness, we are made whole. We are made whole. And trying to bring this all full circle the last thing that happens here in verse 8 then i heard the lord asking whom should i send as a messenger to this people who who will go for us I said, here I am, send me. I believe the Lord's asking that this morning as we worship at his throne. I believe he's asking who will go to your workplace tomorrow? Who will go into the city streets of Orange Park and Middleburg, Jacksonville, Clay County, Duval County, who will go into the prisons? Who will go into the schools? Who will go? Who will go into the missionettes and the Royal Rangers and the nursery? Who will go? Who will go? Because worship doesn't just reveal wholeness, and holiness, and it doesn't just draw us to repentance. It also reveals our purpose. You have a purpose. You can't get there until you go through all of this other. You have to repent. You have to be aware. You have to be set apart. But when you are, I want, to know, I want you to know he will reveal his purpose to you. He will call you, and I believe this morning, even as I'm speaking right now, even as God is releasing this word, God is calling some of you. He's speaking something to some of you, and the rest of you, he's reminding you of the call he's already placed on you. He's renewing the call. There's some young people in this room. I would even go as far as to say there's some elementary students in this room. Right now, God is showing you something in your spirit a call, a gift, an ability that he has for you to use for his glory. There's teenagers in this room. There's young adults in this room. There's senior adults in this room. Every age group, no one is left out. He's beckoning you to come into his holy presence with worship, into his holy presence to seek his face and in this place you will you will be keenly aware of the things that we need to repent of that we need to lay at his feet but you will also be made whole and be set apart for his holiness and he will release a fresh vision would you stand together with me across this room this morning? Jesus. and Shantarabababokoshiri I'm going to invite you to come to him this morning in humble worship, to be made whole and to be made holy. I'm not going to give any instruction on exactly how you should do that, except to say that these altars are going to be open in just a moment and I want you to come. You can either come or you can make an altar where you are, but I want you to seek him today. I wanna encourage you to seek him. If you're in this room this morning and you want to ask Jesus into your heart, you're not serving the Lord or you're watching online and you want to ask Jesus into your heart, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're here and I can see your hand and you say, Pastor, I want to be included in this prayer. I want to pray a prayer. I want to ask Christ into my heart. I'm not serving him and I want to give my life to Christ. I want to pray with you. I don't want to miss anyone. If you're here, just hold your hand until I see your hand. And I want to pray with you if you're in this room. I'm gonna take a moment and wait. Christians are praying. Gonna believe then with everyone in this room that you are serving the Lord. You're watching online and you wanna ask Christ into your heart. Just pray this prayer with me and in this room as well. If you're asking Jesus into your heart, just say thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and come into my heart. I confess with my mouth, and I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I make you Lord of my life today. I choose to serve you and to obey you, and I thank you that I'm your son or your daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. And we praise God with those that said that prayer? Come on, just give God praise, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you did say that prayer, would you just let us know? Message us online and let us know you prayed that prayer. We want to get some information in your hands and disciple you and train you. This is what I believe God wants to do this morning. I believe in this. I, I wrote this because I wanted to make sure I said it. In these next few minutes, I believe as you begin to worship him, he's going to reveal to each of us not just one or two, myself included, any and all unrighteousness. And he's going to draw us to repentance. He's getting ready he's doing he's already doing that, but he's he's going to do that. Secondly, he's going to activate a deeper measure of his holiness in our lives. Now hear me. I believe that is individual I also believe that is corporate across this building, across this body of believers. As we individually get deeper, we corporately will go deeper. Thirdly, he's going to restore wholeness. This is what I wrote because I really believe God told me to tell you this. He's going to restore wholeness spiritually in you, physically, emotionally, relationally, And mentally. I'm going to read that again because I want you, this is a word from the Lord for people in this room that need this today. As you worship him in these next few moments, God is going to restore wholeness spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, and mentally. And then fourthly and lastly, God is going to reveal his purpose in your life. He's going to place a call on your life or he's going to renew a call on your life this morning. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I've released the word that you gave me to release this morning. And I ask now that it would produce fruit in the life of every hearer in this building and every person online. God, draw us close to you. Release, victory, healing, wholeness, and your word in us, in the name, mighty, holy, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.